Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Father Leo Paddlinghug. He is a priest member of a community of consecrated life, Voluntas Dei, the will of God. He is the creator and founder of an international food and faith movement called Plating Grace and founder and chair of the nonprofit group, The Table Foundation. He is a best-selling author, acclaimed international speaker, host for radio, podcast, and a weekly international food and faith show on EWTN, Savoring Our Faith. His unique background as a chef and his previous experience as a two-time black belt martial arts instructor and former award-winning breakdancer and choreographer has earned the attention of major media outlets, including the Food Network, where he won Throwdown with Bobby Flay. Now, Father Leo's mission to see food as a gift from God to nourish your family and to strengthen relationships is making this world a better place, one meal at a time. You can find Father Leo at platinggrace.com. That's platinggrace.com. Father Leo, welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Oh, you did a great job in your pronunciation of the Filipino language. And my last name was Spot on. There you go. It was great. No, it's exactly who I am. A lot of people don't fully understand how food and the priesthood work together. But have you seen us priests lately? We like to eat. Okay. And, uh, and so we'll be able to kind of flesh out everything. And I'm just glad to be a part of your show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Let's get right into it. But before we do, take a minute and share something personal about you that very few people in your clergy life actually know. I think the, the number one thing is, uh, Probably just just my background, which you kind of announced, I, I shouldn't be a priest. My brother should be a priest. He's the nice one in the family, but he has like seven impediments, his wife and six kids, right? So <laughs> I'm it. I'm it. And uh, God uses broken people. So you'll get my brokenness as we continue to have this conversation. But the reason why I do what I do is because I, did, I didn't go to seminary and study the same level as a doctor would in order to have a cooking show. I mean, that's just stupid, to be honest with you. It just sounds dumb. But I believe that God divinely appointed all of this because on the day that I was ordained, you get like this little holy card. You pick out a sacred image. Uh, for me, it was um, the crucifixion scene. And, and on the back of it, I just simply had from John's Gospel 21, it says, do you love me? 
And so this is years before I started doing the cooking thing. And, and if you know the Bible, even just a little bit, you might remember how Jesus asked St. Peter, do you love me three times? And then every time Peter said, yes, 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 I love you. And Jesus responds three times back and says, then feed my sheep. Not many people know that, but that was like the holy card in the Bible quote that I used way before plating grace was even a twinkle in my eye. Mm, such an interesting parallel, feed my sheep. And you took it literally. Oh yeah. And you said, well, yeah, you said, well, based on my background, chef, you know, I, I cook, it's what I do. Yeah. So how do I feed God's sheep, not just spiritually, but physically as well. So like, was there pushback from your superiors? Oh, for sure. I mean, yes and no. I mean, cause they've had my cooking. So, <laughs> so what are they going to do? Like, no, you stink. No, you keep inviting me to your house to cook for you people. So as far as pushback, I think it comes more in the way of, I think three places. One, my own insecurity. Should I be doing this? This is a lot of weird outside of the box things, right? Then there were push, slight pushback from, from people who think that God should be locked in a box, that priests should only do this, that you can't be a good priest if you do that. And then there were some people certainly in the upper echelons of the church where if you're, I'll just say, if you're more popular than they, they might not necessarily like you, you know, mm -hmm. because they're in charge, not you. And so if anyone sh anyone's face should be associated to the church, it should be theirs, not some little little Filipino cooking guy. So that's that, that might have been the pushback. I don't think that that was really an issue, but you could feel tension sometimes when when people would like at a big event be wanting to do selfies with me and not <laughs> the cardinal over there. Yeah. For example. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So your own insecurities, your own, the pushback inside of you, you know, should I do this? It's scary. It's scary showing yourself. It's scary uh, putting yourself into the public eye. It's, I remember the first time I wrote a book, it's like putting yourself out naked before the world. Um, how did you get past that? Because that's not just something that is exclusive to you, obviously, or to any priest, but we all struggle with that when God wants to use us. And for some of us, he wants to use us in the public square. Um, how do we get past our own humanity that's fighting and saying, no, 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 my will be done and really choose God's will to expand us and raise us up. So I've always been very insecure as a, not only just as a priest, but as a person, I'm not very tall. I'm five, five, you know, and I'm not young and cool and good looking anymore and very little when I was, you know, so I just never felt myself being anyone to look at. I mean, I'm, I've got a face for radio, but, uh, but more importantly, it's also just, do I fit in to these circles? You know, in the seminary, everyone was just so tall and white and it was just kind of, and I lived in Italy. So, I mean, the only relationship do I have to noodle is low main. And in Italy, it, you just always feel a little out of place because you just, as a Filipino guy who spoke English and an Italian with an American accent, it's just kind of, it's a little odd. But I've always been a performer. Like as a kid growing up, I did talent shows. I was stupid enough to do spelling bees and, and things of that nature. So I've always been not afraid to be in the public eye, not because I felt like I needed to be there, but because why not? You know, no one else was going to do it. Why not do it? So I have a little bit of a theater background. In fact, my scholarship was in acting, singing, and in dancing. So, so being public, that's not a big deal for me. My insecurity about this was, does this make me look less of a priest? 
Does this make me look less of a Christian? Does this make me look less holy? Will this eventually kick me out of heaven because saints don't do this? And then I realized, oh no, every saint had a relationship to food. And in fact, some of the greatest saints like Teresa of Avila, you're going to love this. Even if you're not Catholic, you're going to love this. She's the one who was accused of being a little obnoxious because when her feast day came out, the sisters in her order said, what should we cook for your feast day? And she says, I want to eat pheasants. You know, and that's like fancy rich people, snobby food. Like, I don't know, maybe certain governors of California eating out at the French laundry while he's locking everyone else down. That's the food that we're talking about. And the sisters complained about her. And she said, well, sisters, when it's time to fast, it's time to fast. And when it's time to feast, it's time to feast. So she mm. even also said, if you want to look for God, look for God amidst the pots and the pans. So my insecurities diminished when I presented my insecurities to the truth. So if you have any insecurities whatsoever, you take it to the truth, who is Jesus. You take it to the truth tellers, who are his saints, and they will tell you, get over yourself. This ain't about you. I don't care what you look like. Does your food taste good? I mean, have you seen chefs before? They're not all sexy. They're kind of like sweaty and overweight. And then they're back. Not all, but you know, Chef Boyardi, I mean, do you want his food or do you want to just look at him? So at some point, you got to take your insecurities and present them to the truth. And literally, God has a way of taking that fire and cooking the hell out of it so that he can cook the heaven into it. Mm. Powerful statements, BC Nation. You know, there's parts of you right now as you're listening to this show, you're listening to Father, I'm listening to Father speak about bringing his insecurities to truth, to God himself. And deep down, you know that God can take the smallness of you, the things you seem you deem unworthy or not good enough. And he can divinize them, right? Like make them divine with his power, his authority, and expand them. So, Father, I'd like to speak to you about that for a moment. Did you see the plan right out the gate? Absolutely like, not. <laughs> so what was, the, what was your, your human vision when you said, okay, I'm going to start cooking? Was it like, you know what, I'm going to get on TV, I'm going to get on radio with this, maybe God will, you know, create this out of it. Where were you? Tell us that that story of that transition. You went from insecurity to match, lining it with truth. And then you're like, okay, I'm all in. I'm not going to feel bad about this. Let's start cooking. Yeah. Well, the whole idea of me being a priest is out of the box. I mean, like I'm a break dancer. I'm a karate instructor. I want to be a lawyer. The next logical step is priesthood, right? And the next step after that logically is cooking show. None of this makes any sense whatsoever. And um, the, this came about, the whole idea of the cooking show actually came about on September the 11th, 2001. Like your listeners may be old enough to know, or they should never, ever not know of the tragedies that occurred there. And I was actually supposed to go to France on a pilgrimage with a couple of priests visiting Lourdes, which is a great place for broken people because they actually experience healing miraculously and just by bathing in these miraculous waters. And then I was going to go two hours north and go to the wine country and celebrate those holy waters too. But that's a different story because I was supposed to go to France two days after September the 11th. Couldn't go. No big deal because so many people kept coming to church. And on that weekend after September the 11th, everybody came to church looking for something because we experienced our brokenness. But then a few days after that, I just, I had more time off because I was supposed to be on pilgrimage. Me and these priest friends, we just went away and I did the cooking at this house and they wanted to watch the Food Network. Nothing was on for several days. And, uh, and they said, well, then fine, we'll watch Leo cook. 
And that kind of started it off, like not being able to watch the Food Network. It was a joke. They wanted to watch me. And as I'm cooking and just talking with them, they said, we should turn this into a TV show. And I said, over my resurrected body, that ain't going to happen because I didn't even want to do it. But you can see what happens is that if it really is part of God's plan, then it's not about you maneuvering or your machinations or you even kind of creating your own strategy, because that honestly would be you building your house on sand. Mm. If God is not your foundation, then you really are kind of making it up as you go along. It's not that you won't be blessed by God. It's just, it's not going to have a foundation. So none of this was my idea. This was another priest's idea. Other priests heard the idea. A bishop heard the idea. They kind of gave their permission for it. And I didn't even do anything about it because then it wasn't until I met by chance a producer who kind of got the ball rolling. So I think what I'm telling you is I didn't have this idea. I was just willing to listen to the idea and take baby steps. And then it grew and then it grew. And then I got a lot of confidence because in my first presentations, I didn't think anyone would even show up. Like I started doing speaking tours and people were booking me and I'm like, I mean, I'll go, you're going to pay me. So I'm going to go, but I didn't know who was going to show up. Like hundreds of people showed up. And at the end of it, they were like, we're so glad you're doing this. This is so needed in the church. Needed in the church. I'm sauteing onions. What is, no, I was using simple things. This is another great foodie saint, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. She says, little things with lots of love. And that's how it grew and grew and grew to the point where 2 million people visited my website when my show aired on the Food Network. Thousands of people are downloading recipes each month. Books are bestsellers, but none of this are, is me. This is just me just writing about food and faith. Not a big deal. I mean, if I, if I looked like, I don't know, if I, if, if, if I looked... I'm just trying to think of a, of a very like popular, good-looking person. I don't even know what any of these people are anymore. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So if you look like some good-looking, handsome celebrity. Fabio. 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 Yeah, in the kitchen in a chef's apron, <laughs> then you could understand you know, some of this attention. But So this is really one of those stories that I hear and I'm like, God did that. Totally. Totally. Right, because you, this? you couldn't have devised that plan. You couldn't have matched up all those God incidences, the producer meeting, the the priest, the, the bishop, etc. You couldn't have done it on your own. So this really pushes back on on a lot of the, my other audience who are business folks. And I have another business podcast here, Top 100 on podcasts, uh, sorry, on Apple uh, in entrepreneurship called Your First 100K. And it's all about what are those top three tips or strategies to get you over that 100K hump into the million, et cetera. But what you're challenging us with right here is how much of us and our human mind and intellect and strategies do we actually put into God's will for our life? And how much do we sit back and wait for God to maneuver things the way he wants and then invite us. And then we just say yes to. So that's a great question. And I, I get it all the time. How much uh, do you just become obedient and how much do you have to do? And there's two great lines that I want to reflect on. One is uh, a prayer that we use when we, when we have masses for the saints. It says, God chooses the weak and makes them strong in bearing witness to you. So you can either just stay weak or you can actually get stronger and do something with your strength. So if you have a skill and a talent, you don't bury it under a bushel basket. You put, it on the, you put it on the lampstand for all the world to see. So you have to put yourself out there. Once you feel this call, you cannot sit back because if not, God is going to make you use it. 
kicking and screaming. You've got to use your gifts and talents. Recognize what they are, take them to God, and then put it on the lampstand and see what happens. If it is of God, more people will kind of affirm you, and then you've got to work your butt off to keep that light going. You don't just simply light it and keep it. No, you got to bring oil. You got to bring fire. You have to bring it to the darkness. You got to do something with that light. The second quote is a, something that's like, we've all heard it before. Pray as if everything depended on God and work as if everything depended on you. I have no, never worked harder in my life than I have in these past several months, especially of pandemic and COVID. You could be listening to this at any time of the year, but in the nine months of COVID, at least during the 2020 year, I've never worked harder in my life and made so little money but at the same time, the work was fruitful. So if you are not working, then you do not deserve to eat. That's the Bible. So in creating content and creating and producing film, and then also just making sure you're staying relevant to the news and then li literally listening to the hungers of the flock you're trying to feed, these are the tips that make any successful company successful. You've, you've got to be listening to the hungers of your people, but also listening to a divine appointment because they might want junk God wants to give them a feast. How do you take that feast and turn it into something that they're used to? So I'll take vegetables and make it taste like chicken nuggets. That's what I've got to do. Mm. You spoke about being willing, um, one, to follow God's will, willing to take the raw talent that God has put in you and put it up on a lampstand, a lampstand for the world to see and then work and get good at that craft right? Develop that skill set. What if though the doors haven't opened yet for the skill set? What if it is God's will for you to use that talent, but it's not his timing yet? Oh, then keep knocking, keep knocking and the door will be open. There is something about the virtue of patience, perseverance. I mean, how, I mean, at one point we thought because the food network was just growing, we had sent them some sizzle reels and they were like, this is awesome. This is awesome. But they never actually got back in touch with me at all. You know, like the producers actually sent them stuff and they're like, this priest is awesome. He can cook, he can talk, he can be funny and all that stuff, but never once, nothing once at all. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, Rock Shrimp Productions, which is Bobby Flay's production company, they found me because I did, um, I did I, a really silly thing as I, I took chicken nuggets and I turned it into an Asian fusion salad, you know? And so, and I cooked it with my nieces and nephews and, and they saw that. And, but that came out of the blue. I wasn't even looking for it. So you put it out there, you put the bait out there, but then you realize, is this something that's going to be making you money? You know, because we do have to live off of this. So for many years, I wasn't making a dime off of the work that I did. And still now I'm only making a couple dimes, but I don't do it for the money. If you are doing it simply for money, then just get a job so that you have money and make this like a little sideline where you can gig. You've got to discern how much of this is going to take up your time. And only after 21 years of priesthood and doing the cooking thing for almost 15 years, do I realize, okay, I can actually create an organization that'll be more social justice oriented, where I can actually hire ex-convicts and I'll work with them on my food truck and just cool stuff like that. But I got to make sure that they can eat. I got to make sure that they can pay the bills. In other words, just don't be stupid. You know? <laughs> don't, don't hide behind faith. Just because you believe God asked you to do this, God never said that he's going to pay you for it. There's a big difference between what God is asking you to do and what he's going to give to you in return. Big difference. Learn it. So is it up to us to monetize that talent or do we wait on God to provide financially? 
you've got to work as if everything depended on you and pray as if everything depended on God. If you've got a good product, people will pay for it. If it's not good, then you either have to make it better or realize that people just don't want it. And we do know, I mean, let's admit, how many mega pastors or mega millionaires because they know how to work their product, their brand. Like I'm nowhere in that category and I don't want to be in that category. But if I can feed billions of souls and I'm working on it because I know I've already fed millions just with the number of people who visited the website, that's kind of payment enough. But then you also have to be willing to ask. And in COVID year, this is the first time I've actually ever asked, hey, do you want to support the work that we do? So for the first time ever, we created an online academy called the uh, an online community called the Academy at Plate and Grace, where I'm actually doing things like what you're doing, Joseph, connecting with my audience more. We have these supper clubs where I'm breaking down faith in more bite-sizable ways because I'm more than just a chef. I'm a professor of theology. Uh, and then I also do recipes where I do Catholic and Christian lifestyle. But this was the first time ever I had to ask for help because in the past, I was always contracted and booked to present at large events, corporate events, food festivals. Guess what happened in 2020? Nothing. So, so I had to take my product, put it out there, rebrand it. And God has blessed us. I mean, we're nowhere near where we should be, but that's okay. Cause I don't do this for the money. I got to always remember that it's not about the money. It's about the message. Thank you for going there. And BC nation, you know, father Leo isn't just sharing the uh, success at the top perspective. He's sharing, Hey, I was at the top. I was getting booked constantly, but now I got to work for it. You know, something outside of my control shifted the world. I have to rebrand. I got to do the work. I'm making less money, but I'm still serving God and I'm still using my talents. So BC Nation, sometimes you got to pivot. Sometimes you just do, right? So Father Leo, what's a message you want to really show up with on this show to our listener right now? Yeah. Uh, it is December of uh, 2020. We're still in this pandemic. You know the heart of your audience, you know what they're wrestling with in their everyday lives, with their families, the uncertainty, the depression, the anxiety, the lack of hope, the lack of peace. What do you want to say to them or what message do you want to convey to my audience right now as they're sitting and listening to yeah, you? Be, be fed with good things so that you in turn can feed others good things. You can't give what you don't have. And I think in this time, we have to look at how are we feeding ourselves in body, mind, and spirit. You can get information, but if it's not applied accurately, it could create deformation in your conscience, in your soul, in your body. I mean, we all joke about COVID-15 or COVID-20, you know, like how many pounds did we put on? It's because we are not feeding ourselves good things. We could also say, man, you've just let it become more extreme in your politics because you're feeding yourself nonsense, partisan fake news in your system. You might be saying it's like, I'm, I'm spiritually flabby because you actually haven't gone to church because many churches are still closed. But that doesn't mean you should not keep holy the Sabbath day. You got to actually, you can't depend on your faith from a priest or a minister. You got to pick it up yourself, your cross, and you got to pray through all of this. So I, I'm asking people to just challenge yourself. How are you being fed with good things, body, mind, and spirit, so that you in turn can feed others good things in their body, mind, and spirit? And that just requires you to stay hungry for goodness, which is what we're doing at my organization, Plate and Grace, at the Academy, with all of the online materials and even the dinners that we're having, smaller, socially distanced. So don't report me to the health inspector, people. But like we're even doing like these smaller dinners as opposed to larger events, smaller dinners. And you know what? I love it because I can actually get creative with, with my other chefs. 
and like interact with people and do really funky, cool fusion food, people's minds are blown and the people who come because they're hungry. So what I want you to do is think about your hungers and where do you go to be fed and who do you allow to feed you? Mm. I think so good. BC nation only allow good in there. So BC nation, you got to put good in and only good in there's too much bad out there. There's too much evil out there. And if you're filling your mind with that, it's toxic, it's poison. And what's going to come out of you is bad fruit, rotten fruit. Don't do it. Your kids are relying on you. Your spouse is relying on you. So go get fed by God, put in good things from him and let go of all this, this fake news. And I do have to ask that father just for a second here, because you said something earlier from a business perspective, you said, stay relevant to your audience, relevant to what's happening in the world around you, et cetera. Right. So you're, I'm guessing you're watching the news, you're listening to it so that you could speak relevant messages, but how do you do that without letting the poison in? Ah, that is a great question. It's called discernment. And the same way um, a sommelier can discern, you know, just simply smelling a glass of wine, what region, what kind of grape it is, and even the year. We've got to do the same. Whenever I watch news and I watch very little of it and I do more reading, I know who the sources are. I know where they're coming from, what perspective they're coming from, and I know which way they lean. Secondly, you have to discern timing. When are they talking about this? Because obviously all of it is to affect a reaction. So what kind of reaction are they trying to get from me? And how am I going to be able to moderate that according to the timing? And then the third thing that I do is I'll always take it to prayer. You know, and it's like, this is the reaction that I had, God, when I experienced this news cycle that's just coming at you in vomit fashion. It's just literally being spewed on you and you're getting suffocated in all of this ridiculous garbage. I take that to prayer and say, here's how I'm feeling. Why do I feel this way? And ultimately, what we've got to do is make sure that nothing becomes our God. No one becomes our God. Because you see people like to deify and demigod this particular politician, almost canonize their words. Like you'll have a Catholic politician and somehow they represent the Catholic Church, even though they have the exact opposite views of the Catholic Church. You got to be careful with that by taking it to God in prayer and saying, how does this speech line up against the Bible? And you're going to realize eh, something is kind of off here. So that's discernment. And we need to practice that gift and that discipline, which is, again, that's what I talk about in my formation classes at the academy. How do you discern? So there's a lot of techniques that we can apply from business to our own faith, especially since Jesus wants to be entrepreneurs. Thank you for answering that so clearly and concisely. I think that is so powerful. And that third step, I think, is what we're missing. We don't take the information we're watching or receiving or the media or the content, and we don't bring it to God. We don't sit with him and say, God, this just stirred up this emotion in me of anger or rage or uh, hopelessness or despair or fear. What do you say about this? Yeah, you got to take that time. You're never going to get good in any craft including prayer. That's why in the Catholic church, we don't say go to worship. We say practice your faith. There's a real big difference in just worshiping God and practicing your faith. So like if a Twitter feed pisses you off, it takes three seconds to say, what am I feeling? Why? How do I need to react to this better? That's three seconds of my day. That doesn't take long at all. But for the bigger issues, that does take time. You're never going to get good at anything in a microwavable minute my rector, Monsignor Dolan, now Cardinal Dolan of New York said, God doesn't use a microwave, he uses a crock pot. And there's a big difference in the 
product of both of those cooking mechanisms. It'll be edible. One's just going to be a heck of a lot better. We live in a microwave society though. And like, this has been most of my own frustration and waiting for God's will and God's timing to show up in my life because I'm expecting microwave timing for it to be realized in my life. While meanwhile, God is crockpotting my life, yeah. crockpotting the plan for my life. Thank you for that. That really put that into perspective. BC Nation, we're speaking with Father Leo, Paddling Hug. You can find him at platinggrace.com, platinggrace.com. Father Leo, we're about to go into my favorite part of the show. Uh, I love saying this because you're a priest. Welcome to the confession round. I am going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? I am ready. What is your favorite thing about God? Food. Food. What is your least favorite thing about God? Bitter. Bitter <laughs> sweetness. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes he puts in those bitter herbs. It's good for digestion, but you know, takes a while to digest. <laughs> what are you most afraid of? Loneliness. Loneliness. That's yeah. very human. And I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. Sure. What are you struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? I would say keeping focused because it's so easy with everything going on right now. I'm probably not asking for all this, but this is God's honest truth. Keeping focused at, at the task at hand uh, because I'm working alone. I'm, I don't, I'm socially, physically distanced from everybody. And there's so much garbage swirling around keeping focused. The most peaceful place in a hurricane or in a storm is the eye in the center. We, but we get caught up in the peripheries. And if we just keep focused on Jesus, we'll not only be able to weather the storm, we'll be able to walk on water. Amen to that. What did you spend way too much time doing this year? Uh, Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Guilty. Uh, What secret fear do you have about people? Oh, judgment. Just, they're just not going to like me. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Very human. All of us. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Wow. Uh, that he was a foodie. I just learned that today. So thank you. Yeah. So you're lucky. It took half an hour. It took me 20 something years of priesthood, but like literally that everything he did was around food, but it took me forever to put it together. That's why I write about a theology of food that a lot of people like when they read my books are like, oh my gosh, I'm looking at food in a holy way. And I'm thinking good because when you've got some poor person in a developing nation looking at your food, they're thinking you are so blessed. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, it's just leftovers. They would die to have your leftovers. And when you are fed well, guess what you're supposed to do? Feed others well. So God is a foodie and that took me a long time to learn. FBC Nation, show up with your broken little fragments of uh, five fish and bread and loaves, right? Oops, sorry, five loaves, two fish, uh, and let God multiply them. Stop trying to multiply it yourself. What's a new habit you want to form, Father? New habit that I want to form. Okay, I'm just going to be honest with you. Push-ups and sit-ups every morning. Hate doing it. And I do it regularly for like three weeks. And then there's like a month where I don't do it. I'm like, dang, nag it. It was so good and so easy. But the older you get, the harder it is to form new habits. So I keep praying, God, help me to be an old dog willing to learn new tricks. Hmm. What is a bad habit you want to break? Bad habit that I want to break. Uh, I would say the munchies. <laughs> it makes the, the push-ups harder, doesn't it? Damn it. They do. <laughs> An extra bag of potato chips. Oh, potato chips. I don't care about it. It's pork oh. rinds. Judge me not. Pork rinds are freaking delicious and keto friendly, but <laughs> everything else decimating to your body. But besides that, so there's- Father Leo, pick three words to describe who you are now. 
Okay, enthusiastic, um, excited, but kind of the same words, and uh, hungry. Mm, got it. Pick three words to describe who you were before you surrendered to God's plan for your life. Confused, frustrated, lonely. Yeah, so true. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice about everything, life, eternity, all of it, what would you say to them? Um, I would say love one another. Love one another. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about surrendering to God's plan for their life versus not? Real simple. Text the word food to 33777. Because what, what I just gave to you, and I think, Joseph, you, you figured out, like you started to see like this guy just isn't some hack and he isn't just a cook. He, he's a deep thinker. He actually cares and is making connections to life. But all I gave to you was just a sample, like they do at the at the at the uh, food halls at, at at courts, mall courts. You know where they're like, "Hey, sample, you want a sample?" All I did is give you a sample of the stuff that we do at Plate of Grace. You got to do more. You got to dig in more. So if any of this resonated, just text the word "food" to three three seven seven seven. You'll get a free recipe, and you'll also get an introduction to my community. In the same way, hopefully, when I take your show and put it on my website, more people will go to Joseph Warren's shows, the Broken Catholic podcast, and. And we can share audiences and we shouldn't be afraid of that. So that's what I would say to people. You took a sample. If you liked it, there's more. All right, BC Nation. Make that text right now. Go ahead, pull out your phone, text that number, or go to platinggrace.com. Learn more about what Father Leo's up to. Join his community and feed yourself with good things right now. That is key, key, key to everything right now. Feed yourself well, even in hard times. And you will be a source of life rather than destruction to others around you. It's key. What's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you, Father Leo, if they yeah. so choose directly? So directly, again, just text the word food to 33777. It's easy to remember. 33 is the age that Jesus died and rose. And 777 is better than 666. So keep And it's easy. biblical. And it's biblical. Pretty awesome. Father Leo, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love peace, and joy in your life, sir. With your spirit. Thank you. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.